A and S. I imagine young Bernadette Stewart, silver slippers clicking together in front of her family's new Zenith Color TV, watching The Wiz for the first time. Her face is mirrored in the TV screen's glass by Diana Ross as Dorothy, singing Home. A military kid, I imagine Bernadette looking for home everywhere she goes and learning, early on, that we must look inside our hearts to find a world of love like yours, like mine, like home. Bernadette wears her commitment to connection and vulnerability on her sleeve right next to her heart. And it is this empathy that makes her a fierce advocate for all that's important to her. Equity, access, family, community, and finding the fun. Oh God, this is even... Seriously? Can I look away? Just what look should I do? Me, like okay. Talking to me. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to talk. This is so weird. Oh my God. I can't imagine what it's like inside Bernadette's mind, navigating her binge list of music, true crime, and British TV shows, serving on community leadership boards, guiding staff through personnel cases at the University of Colorado Boulder, and holding her deep concern for the humans of her life. As you will hear in today's episode, her mind relentlessly merges and connects these facets of her being, the values that are her North Star. I am a total fangirl for this campus leader, an assistant dean of people, engagement, and culture, and I can't imagine Bernadette anywhere but on the front lines of reciprocity and authenticity, ready to do battle for the structures, relationships, and people she cares for. On the ampersand, we call this bringing together of the impossible, the alchemy of anding. Together, we'll hear stories of humans who imagine and create by colliding their interests. Rather than thinking of and as a simple conjunction in that conjunction-junction kind of way, we will hear stories of people who see and as a verb, a way to speak the beautiful when you intentionally let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. As St. Mary Oliver asks, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Oh, I love this question. When I'm mothering, creating, and collaborating, it reminds me to replace a singular idea of what I think I should become with a full sensory verb about experiencing. I'm Erica Randall, and this is Bernadette Stewart on The Ampersand. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. I think you're going a little bit to sort of how I how I grew up and, you know, sort of how I was formed. And what I'll say is I have a family. I'm I'm biracial. I so I'm ha- black and Mexican and I didn't really fit in. I grew up in the 80s and uh, not my favorite decade. So neon, <laughs> big hair. 90s is your favorite. So yeah, I just didn't fit in. I'm a military brat. So I moved around a lot and trying to find connection and, and sort of, you know, just a place was, was challenging. Although I have to say, I do think that um, it made me adaptable. And, yeah. and so that's part of it is that being able to see different different people, be in different environments, searching for a connection and making sure that I 
show up authentically so that in the hope that like someone else will want to connect. I think that's part of it. With an invitation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe the the baseline. This morning I was listening to the playlist that you shared. That's just a short one. I know, because you're all about the playlist. We're going to bookmark music. But the one that I was really thinking about, I was imagining you in the 80s watching The Wiz for maybe the first time. And I have major whiz connections. Um, my first serious ballet teacher was um, an Aussite in the whiz, China White. She was a dancer in the Harlem Ballet, got to be in the whiz. I remember when we could get the VHS tape and pausing to see her in the moment. Do you, you love the song Home, but do you love the whiz also? Well, so my family has always been really intentional about showing up and witnessing things that have black people in them. So it was more like it was very important for us to watch it and, oh, yeah. and be a part of it versus where how it actually really landed. So I, I, I think that I have a sort of voyeuristic mm-hmm. sense of The Wiz. Yeah. The song Home. The song Home, like I will cry every time I hear it. But only if Diana Ross is singing. Diana Ross, not the Whitney version. That's right. Okay, that's what I wondered. Diana Ross. Yep. Forever. forever. And and the when you talk about being a military brat and not having one home base, do you think that that resonates even more? This idea that home is in the people, it's in you, it's in me, it's in home, that we bring that home with us or we're looking for it in each other. Does that, is it the lyrics that get you or is it just the way Diana's like sobbing and singing like a badass? You know, I think it's all, it's all of those. And I will say, yes, it is in the people. It, it, for me, everything is about people. I have a younger brother, so I have a smaller family. And again, we were very tight, you know, my dad, mom and brother. And so it's not that I didn't feel a sense of home, but I've always really wanted, I love people's messiness. I love big, I always- Even basement messiness? Oh, well, so I've said a lot about my family being a lot to you all. They are, but I also think that they're the most extraordinary. You know, people to watch, and um, because of their mess. Yes, yeah. because it's just it's humanity, right? Yes. And so, I always thought that I would wanted a big family myself. I come, my mom and my dad have giant families, so I have a lot of cousins, things like that. And so, friends are family. Yeah. Friends, you can choose family, family members, Absolutely. right? And so, yes, I think that creating home wherever I am, work, play home home is is just the way that makes me happy when you said i like the messiness you said earlier i like systems because it can be clean Mm -hmm. so do you like the messy to clean it or do you like to clean something and then mess it up with the humanity or do you see that this is a paradox that just exists and and that is humanity or the struggle against nature of humans to try to make it clean the mess i like the messy to make clean Mm -hmm. and your question is really making me think about, like I always have understood that part of my sort of stress management is cleaning, Mm. is making sense and like organizing and realizing and recognizing like almost immediately it gets messy again. So it's just, it's like this process that never stops. And I think that that, I guess I never realized that 
that's the way that it is and that's maybe a beautiful thing it's it's the it's the thing that's sort of constant yeah it is and there's this this notion in care that comes up when we're looking to also repair care and repair that Mm -hmm. that's it's just this dance that's constantly happening and if you can feel it in your human life Mm -hmm. and then you can bring it into your work life is it also then hard sometimes when we call work home like I've I've run into that in my own where I think oh I'll be like well in our in in this house and then we treat each other like family but that means we're going to fight Mm-hmm. But that also means, what do I do when I need it to be personnel, not personal? Like, how how do you navigate that? I, I, I struggle with that because there's sometimes where I, I'm so eager to find family mm-hmm. and the people I work with because we're with each other all the time. And I call where I work the house. But then sometimes maybe not. Maybe it's not. And do you have a feeling about Help me. Yeah. I The way that I think about it is, especially in our diversity, equity, inclusion work, when when you're building home in your family or in your friends or or at work the foundation of that is is trust right and so it can't in my opinion cannot happen if you don't have trust so you might want home to be, a, a version of home or house to be at work but if the other folks in that mix are not aligned then I think that's the that's the, yeah. the the rub and the struggle. It doesn't have to imply intimacy, but in order to get at the hard things, right. trust, ground floor. Right, right, ground floor. I do think that if you have to fight at work, it's not personal. It's actually we understand wh- yeah. what positionality yeah. each individual that trust each other and it, and the word that comes up for me a lot in my work is or in the way that I think about the way I show up is reciprocity so I expect it but I think that we don't do it like I don't think it's given yeah. and so we can show up at trusting the process the people but there's always the other side of it yeah and we can't control that side right. But we can keep showing up and showing up. When you when you meet someone, you show up not just by sharing who you are, but you start taking notes about them somehow, somewhere. I don't know what your method is, but there's a thing like, um, oh, I'll get squishy, but my mom died last month. And you gave me flowers this week because it's that's when people forget. Mm. And that's when you remembered well, that's just like you can say, well, but that's something that's care. That's tending to things when other people maybe aren't looking. And it's it's amazing. It's an amazing thing about you. I don't know what to say about that. I other than it, I will say I wasn't thoughtful in terms of the timing. What it was, was I was thinking about you. So the universe was maybe tending to the timing. But so. you acted on the thought. And so that's that's a thing that I see in you that is so extraordinary and and tender. And then it's like, how do you how do you hold that and what does that look like for yourself? Mm-hmm. How do you tend to yourself with that kind of care? You have been in Boulder as a black woman <laughs> for a lot of years. 
you, like I said, you loom large in a room. You bring the, the care and the ferocity. How do you tend to yourself? How do you listen to those things like, ah, oh, Bernadette needs some gladiolas today? Mm-hmm. What do, you, or do you? I hope you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We can get into a lot of my, if you want, my addictions with entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Not, no, I'm not a, well, maybe I am a social media, like a, a shopper, but no, not like that. But like TV and music. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I have a lot. Uh-huh. It's that. So that's maybe how I'm. Yes. Yeah, yes. you have a cue. My self care cue. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start by saying, again, girl, I, I constantly come back to when I think about things, when I'm reflecting, come back to the way that I was raised. So my dad, so my dad's black. He was an enlisted soldier, uh, not an officer. That's really important. Uh, so black man, when he enlisted, no other options. And so, like, I learned... Was that in the 70s? Or that would be in the 60s. So he had one choice, one box that you could... That's right. Wrap. That's right. Uh, he was he enlisted, and he was a master... He, when he retired, was a master sergeant. He... So he's he's no longer here. He passed away way too young because he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. It's probably stemming from doing a couple tours in Vietnam. Yeah. That story, basically. But he always taught us that we deserve di- dignity. We're not like we are equal. Every one of us. Right. So I think to answer your question, that's where it starts. You everyone deserves dignity. I do. And. I will assume that I will get it, period. And if I don't, that's your problem, not mine. And every day, that's how I show up. So that's how it starts, like me being here for a really long time, right? I will say that I also recognize that I have privilege and I say, I say words in, at our, at our, in our job all the time, like perspective. Yes. Right. And so it's, it's about recognizing that we all have some privilege in a room. And reconciling that in ourselves. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And 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 being brave and using that privilege to help lift or or clear a path for someone that has less. And so the other thing is I'm just confident in my intentions always yeah. because of my North Stars, because of my values. Yeah. And Lastly, like I just recognize, I think this has come with age for sure, that I recognize my unique intersections. And as I was sort of preparing for this conversation, I was thinking, those are my ands. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, it's not just the majors and minors you right, had. It's right. Intersections are ands. Yes. Because they create connection. That's right. Yeah. That they are my superpower. Yes. And worth considering. So I have to share and, and, show up you show up you do and it's something that is not innate in folks even folks who have such strong values mm-hmm. sometimes it, or, or you can show up in the an anger space right mm-hmm. like you can you can use you could have taken everything that you saw your dad have to face and go well this this demonstrates how nothing is fair and I'm gonna bring the fury in a way that doesn't support the change that you do and so there's something there's something magic in it, and there is something that I can only imagine spurs your kids yeah. to want to be the way you saw your dad. 
how do they see you? Because it could be really, you know, you're not um, a wartime hero in the same way, but we are in a battle when it comes to equity and when it comes to race in this country. And you're battling on the front that you've chosen. Do they see that front? Do they respect it the way you can look at your dad's is so magnanimous and be like, my mom is a badass and she is like fighting the fight. They they do. And they kind of can't believe what I have to do in a day in a in in volume but also like in one instance they can't comprehend it mm. so they know I'm not and so they what they do is they say this all the time my son just I just dropped him off he said when can I hear the podcast um they're fans so you share with them you share case studies about the things that you're working on as as we talk about case studies yeah, a lot yeah. and the beauty of a case study in People being like, well, it's not gonna. It's like, no, it is. It's actually happening like this. This is what is on the table. This is what's in the room. And this is what was said. Do you share those with them? And that helps them see you and see the equity work that you're doing? I think it probably. So, yes, I definitely share with them. And I'll I'll go home and I'll say every day they're like, how is work? Mm -hmm. And I say, how is school? And we share. So I will say, oh, I have one for you. I was working with this adult who blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And this was the response from the other adult, blah, blah, blah. And what do you think about that? Mm. And they will shake their head like they don't understand the conflict. They don't understand how small we become. And so. So, yeah. So I do without name. Right. They they don't care about the names. They don't know the names. They know I'm a fixer and they know I'm a fighter. And so they don't. In fact, because they know you're going to go if they bring it. That's right. That's right. So especially with names. Absolutely. And so what I would say is, you know, I say this all the time because it gives people like kind of a quick snapshot is I am an Aries. I'm not like this person that's ruled by sort of that that discipline, but I do think I fit that archetype yeah. pretty well. I love Aries. I married one. They're rough, right? They bring a weapon yes. to the party. It's so my kids know about me that I I do not play games when my values are threatened mm-hmm. or their values are threatened. So, for example, I I've said to them since they were little. I do get to know who your friends are and I will veto them. It's not you do not get to be around people who do not reciprocate yes. your love, loyalty, you are worth. Yes. You know, it's so it's like that's how unequivocal I am. Yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah. I can't spell it, but it is Okay. I appreciate you. I can't publicly spell it, especially. <laughs> I can't type it. I can't type it in a room full of people watching. So, so yeah. So I think that That's they... a beautiful way to say it, too. Not like, that kid's bad. He's going to corrupt. It's like, no, that's, that's, a, that's a labeling that's going to cause them to fight back. But to talk about reciprocity. That's right. It's just about they have to be treated well because they deserve it. So sorry, I kind of lost track of the question you asked me, but they do think that I am more important than I am (laughs) at work. They're absolutely in awe of what I do, but it's partially because they don't understand it. And, and it's hilarious. And I, and so the way I wind them up is I kind of like, and I constantly talk to them about about it. And and then I also say, so 
I said it the other day, make sure you do something that you love Mm. because that's the only way you can last when it gets hard. That's it. That is, it, it, it is the best advice. And it's when we think about students who are trying to please parents with majors or humans who are trying to please society with choice and they're outside mm-hmm. of what is you've also said to me you hate the word like oh your passion it's like now talk, talk to me about why we hate this word as a as a often well I, I see it as like as a cover for doing the right thing mm-hmm. but can you talk to me about passion as a how it can be used against you passion for me f- f- seems fleeting yeah Maybe that's what it is for me. It's not because I, you know, I actually am inspired by people being passionate about the things that they're doing. But that's because I can potentially, I guess, see depth and it's not fleeting. I think what is really important and big and and maybe gets to and Mm -hmm. is purpose. Like, what were you put here to do? Yeah. I think from a higher power space. Maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do, you know, yeah, absolutely. And the purpose has action right. embedded in it, which and, can feel different than passion. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pat, maybe also, I mean, you're making me think of this, so this is just off the cuff. Passion perhaps feels selfish mm-hmm. and purpose feels mm-hmm. generative and for others. Yeah. And again, that's kind of like who I am at my center. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a wall in your house that has a sign that has your values painted on it? No. I hate those houses. I, I couldn't imagine that you did. <laughs> you Do you have them tattooed? No. No tattoos? No tattoos. Do you just have them like, do they change for you or are they a mantra? Are they anywhere that are, they're fixed? Like you said these great words, like I, it makes me think like, what would my words be? Mm-hmm. And I... And your words are really specific, so it feels like they've been materialized on a sign, on a on a tattoo, and a poem, and a post-it in your drawer. They just live. They just live. Yeah. And that's why I think I said just said to you from a higher power because I think what happens for me is literally like whatever I'm living, I will see it visually. Mm-hmm. And that, and it just embodies, so reciprocity was one of those that was just like, just coming through. It's almost like, what are those mediums? Yeah. But so like it's words. Yeah. You do get it. Like when I talk about metabolizing things, you're like that verb, loving that. I used that word yesterday. You did yesterday. Yes. I was on, I'm on a board in Boulder. Um, It's called Growing Up Boulder. And it is, we were doing a retreat, a few hour retreat to create our mission, vision and values. Um, This board or this group has been around for 13 years, but it's retooling. And anyway, I used your word because part of the conversation was how do we use more organic terms that embody, I used embody as well. And I shouted you out well, you don't have to. So no, but I, I, I. It's just dancers, right? Yeah. Well, there's this. The thing it's that not just dancers. Dancers Thank are. Thank you. Yeah. It it matters. The words matter, and how we think about which, where where we remove the body, is so dicey, and and yet when we bring the body into conversation in 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 the ways that it has been before, then it sets it up to be objectified and and killed and and harmed. And so how do we bring this idea of a body with the sensitivity and care of um, reciprocity? Yeah, 
Yeah. So yeah, the words just they they I can see them. Do you write as part of your practice? So I don't write in terms of journaling. I'm really terrible at that, actually. I have gone through some hard sort of times in my life. I, f- I find I, not hard times like traditional hard times, meaning I'm searching. Mm-hmm. I can't fix it. I can't figure out like what's the next step. Those are hard times for me yeah. because I feel like I'm pretty clear yeah. a lot. Yeah. So it's really just, yes. So I don't want to make it sound more dramatic than it is. But so then I will I will be intentional about writing just to get it to see if I can glean anything. I use writing as a tool, but not as sort of like a, a practice. Okay. However, I inculcate things by writing. So you commented at the beginning about all these notes. Part of it is just it's a it does help me process my thoughts and get clear. And so I'm actually I think all the time like I'm shocked that I'm not. I don't write more and regularly. Well, I just don't. Because I'm hearing you talk and I would read your parenting book. I would. That's hilarious. I've actually thought about writing one as like a bucket list. Take it off the list That's and hilarious. do it. That as I, I'm listening to you and I'm like, okay, these are super simple, like actually non-dogmatic things to share. So many parenting books make me just want to burn them. And, and make me feel terrible about myself as a parent. And so it's more about how do you be in dialogue, in true care with your kids? What would you, what do you when you think about writing a book, what you have a title? Well, no, I definitely don't have a title. I, what I would say is I, I go back and forth and think about it, that the book would be really like short yeah. because it's like, <laughs> just <laughs> treat them with kindness. I mean, I don't know. They're not you. Yeah. They're just trying to figure it out. You know, it just. But writing down things like that in a short <laughs> book would be hilarious. Like the world's biggest yeah. book on parenting, and it's like three pages. That's and it's huge and it's epic That's because. Yeah, so I do think about it, but I. And then I don't read parenting books, but I, I actually just ordered. Did I order one? It wasn't about parenting, it was about. But it's a funny book. So it's kind of like what you're talking about, where it's like satire right love it's the being funny. oh my gosh the funny oh my gosh you got to find the funny yeah that's another survival music uh-huh. survival yeah. funny yeah pop culture yeah. and you are both funny but you also like you're you wink at people you're like i see what you did there yeah. I, and you have this like little way where you just shake your head or you give in and it again it's another way of feeling seen because those of us who really like to think we're funny it's really good to have you in a room. It's that's hilarious, and that's what that's a well, line. That's a be like, yeah, but that's hilarious. Like you don't always laugh. You just footnote. That's hilarious, right? Yeah, it's, but yeah. you love it. I you feel look it for in it. my chest. And, yeah, yeah. Huh. that's where. So even if yeah. you're not laughing, right? It's in when your I body. say it's hilarious, it's like, yeah, that's a full word. So what's in your queue? Like, what are the things? What are you binging from your comfy couch? Oh my gosh, I share this a lot um, in big, big community meetings uh, with staff in our in our college, and that started kind of in the pandemic on big Zoom calls yeah. as just a way for me to model like I'm human again, trying to get some reciprocity right in, in terms of like people are going through some stuff, but we're not immune, and I think I've worried some folks about what I watch, so I. <laughs> We'll watch you and I share Grey's Anatomy, oh, yeah. and but I resisted for a really long time. But I my, resisted for so long. Yes, but my oldest got me into it. He's pre med, and he, his friends, you know, were watching, and so 
I love that. When did you start? What season were they in that you started? Because I'm so late to the party. I think I was in, I think it, they were like in eight ten, or I was nine. Like, yeah, I think I was mm-hmm. like nine or ten. And then I went back with That's my mom mm-hmm, and watched the whole thing. Now I've watched the whole thing yeah. twice, I think. Exactly. And now I'm where, spoiler alert, Meredith feels like she's just a narrating voice because she's oh yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. super weird. Yeah. Okay, so Grey's so, Anatomy. So that's always right. Do you like, cry? oh my, oh my, yes, the big, yes, absolutely. So, so I cry every time. I don't. I'm not currently watching that, but the, it's like so. I'll do Grey's Anatomy, and then I'll do. I love documentaries. The kids also know, like, put on David Attenborough, and I'm like just in my happy place, like that voice. You know, it, it's just that's like, me with British baking. Oh, they love British baking too. Yeah. So that, but they do. Your boys put it on when if mom is kind of stressed. Mm-hmm. The cape is singed. Yes. They put on David Attenborough. Exactly. It's like I have cues based on what I need. So going back to the care, right? I the the fifteen year old he wanted to watch. Well, this is what happened. He saw in the scroll Real Housewives of Potomac. And he was like, where's Potomac? I'm like, that is Potomac. Are you insane? And that was so funny that he was like, he wants to watch it. So now you're watching The Real Housewives. Yes. And what's so cool is it's an all black cast. So it's like just really interesting. I still can't get over. I mean, again, you have to write a parenting book. If you can get your children to choose a show to serve your nest, you are winning as a mom. It's hilarious. Well, then my daughter, my daughter's the most disturbing. She's the youngest one. And she was telling us we got to watch Squid Game. So I'm like, yep, let's do that. First episode. I'm like, (laughs) I think this is a parenting fail. So so anyway, but currently what I'm watching is a show that I can get on um, BritBox, which is called Goggle box, and it's British people in their homes watching television and commenting on the television. And it is amazing. It is the funniest thing because their culture is just different. So they're just the You're banter. just watching people watch British people. A hundred percent. And then are you filming you? This is what people want. So Bernadette is I have I have joked that we should film us because it is hysterical. Like, I was howling yesterday. And will, you, I can't will, will you film it and make a YouTube channel? No. no. Because so, that, I don't like attention. So that's a problem. Okay, but, well, then let. <laughs> how about we do an over the shoulder nice. filming so we can hear you, but we watching what you're watching, and then we're just getting the like. It's like Inception. mystery, the science theater. Yes, we, that's exactly what yeah, it is. It's like that. That's like that. So that's what I'm binging right now. Also, like, I watch true crime like documentary like real yeah. crime documentary do you like to solve it or do you like to be surprised ooh that's an interesting question i'm trying to solve it the whole time always trying to solve it. and i'm always surprised huh both yeah. i'm like this i watch it like i have no idea that there are clues i'm supposed to be looking for that's hilarious I, when i i used to watch the um criminal minds oh uh uh-huh. and the was wouldn't would be like oh so and so did it i'm like how are you a tracking that B you just ruined it and C I already forgot and I'm watching just TV well and I'm watching like real right so these are tragedies and so it's like it's kind of like cold cases or so I watch stuff like that you're doing like work 
to relax. Well, this is the <laughs> thing. Because in your mind, you're a detective solving systems and cleaning up messes, it is even true. blood splatter. It is true. See, you could have been that. Well, I actually recently have thought, like... You're going to change careers. No, no. But I, I mean, I've been using this kind of this mil- military language in my job. A book that I just read is called Risk by Stanley McChrystal. He came and visited as... I think the chancellor's like leadership keynote or something a couple of years ago. And after hearing him, I thought, I think I could have been a general. And, but I will say my entire life with my dad, watching that, I fought him constantly. He was my biggest supporter, my, my favorite person. He was a black, so he was also a black Republican. So he was conservative and we fought about politics like crazy. I did not appreciate sort of his career choice. And what I realized in my older age is that what I couldn't get past is people telling me what to do. I knew I knew that I I, I'm not good with people telling me what to do without me being able to ask why. Mm. And so that's, I couldn't ever get over that hump. But I recently have thought, God, if I could have just gotten over that hump and trusted the process, I think I could have been that kind of like sort of leader. But if you could, if you could be anything other than what you are doing, if you could be doing, because you're doing so many Mm -hmm. things, if you could have a different place you went to work that could be anything, Mm -hmm. like a surf shop in Kauai, that's my current. (laughs) what would you what would it what would it be it's a great question it's I don't know if I can answer that question because I think that I'm so adaptable that it's not really the it's the what it's the how yes yeah so it wouldn't matter surf shop in Kauai yeah Running, th- I think I would always running would the University doing of this Colorado kind of thing wherever. Right, yeah. nice, Erica. <laughs> You're supposed to cut that out. Well, the thing that I love is I can't just ask you what are you binging, and you give me a litany of random. T- you know, you know the why, mm-hmm. the process of communicating that why. All of that is as important to you mm-hmm. as the list that I'll leave to check out to get to know you better. It's not the show; it's the it's the how. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Really, all intersect. Like it all everything. Intersects. Every dot connects to something. Okay, it's time for the quick and dirty. Are Uh-oh. you ready? Yeah. It's time. Oh, no. Try to be quick. Okay. I hope you're dirty. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. The next title of a playlist that you would make that has and in it. Power and Joy. The first two bands on said playlist or performers. You hmm. 2 Audra Day. You too. And Audra Day. <laughs> Thank you. The email subject header that has and in it that you most hate seeing in your inbox. Oh, God, I'm not good at this. No one is. Producer Tim was terrible, and he does this with me all the time, and he's Wait, still bad. So you get an email, sub- and you see a subject, and you're like, nope, not reading that one. Legal needs uh, to talk to you, and I need to give you information uh, to prep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anything with legal and anything obscure. A hundred percent. Okay. Two or three things that you need 
in a meeting, they can be material or not, to make it more productive and fun. Inspiring or inspiration. Mm-hmm. So the why and jokes, banter, yeah. light heartedness. Yeah. And margaritas. Oh, and margaritas. Yeah. No, <laughs> and Jack and Coke. And Jack and Coke. <laughs> yes, yes. That's it. Um, character traits that you've seen in your life that have helped to grow your humanity. You've talked about some of those, but can you put them in a litany for me? So integrity mm-hmm. and authenticity yeah. and curiosity. Yeah. Okay. You have um, you have a mister. <laughs> I hear looms large, looms large, <laughs> as well, um, and actually and physically. Yes. What is a combo platter of things that he knows he can serve up to you again? Real, imagined, edible, emotional that he knows will win you. Oh, comp like jokes. I mean, he literally walks into a room and starts dancing, or. <laughs> When I'm even when I'm furious at him, he will just start. Right. Yes. What's it's, the dance move? What's it like? Oh, it's not one. It's it's usually <laughs> well, it's usually some form of twerking, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> and do you hold the face? No, no, I can't. You can't ever. You can't. Yeah. You just and 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 he knows that's just gonna break it down. That's right. Okay. Yeah. You are offering words of advice to a population that you love, to a population maybe where you know some of them, you don't know some of them, and you're going to send them off into their next. It starts with Ant. What do you offer? And we have to have hope. We have to believe in each other. And we have to show up. I think that's it. That was Bernadette Stewart, Assistant Dean of People, Engagement, and Culture at CU Boulder, on The Ampersand. The Ampersand is a production of the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Colorado Boulder. It is written and produced by me, Erica Randall, and Tim Grassley. If there are people you'd like us to interview on The Ampersand, do please email us at asinfo at colorado.edu. Our theme music was composed and performed by Nelson Walker, and the episodes are recorded at Interplay Recording in Boulder, Colorado. I'm Erica Randall, and this is The Ampersand. (laughs) 